Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partners Podcast, brought to you by Raz Mobility. Raz Mobility is thrilled to offer the Raz Memory Cell Phone. It's uniquely designed for individuals with dementia. There's no other cell phone that's easier to use. It consists of one screen with pictures and names underneath. To make calls, the senior simply taps and holds the picture of the person they wish to call. That's it. Care partners control the RAS memory cell phone remotely through an online portal or app, allowing care partners to manage the phone rather than the senior. The RAS memory cell phone allows seniors to continue to use the cell phone even as their condition becomes more challenging. For more information, visit www.rasmobility.com. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, along with Tifa Snow, and today we have a couple of really interesting questions from our podcast listeners. The first is, how important is an early diagnosis? And the second is, how do we work with doctors, social workers, etc., through this journey? In other words, what to expect and from whom? Now, aren't you glad those are just a couple of softball questions? <laughs> well, this should be a short one. Yeah, no problem. I think we can get this, you know, batted out of the park in no time at all. Mm, not. So, so how, many, how many people actually get an early diagnosis? Well, that, that's a very tricky question because one of our challenges is early diagnosis for whom? Because what we have capacity to do is look at uh, the beta amyloid plaque formations in a human brain and go, ooh, they got a lot. Um, what does that mean? Well, it means they have a lot of beta amyloid plaque formations. Now, how are we going to investigate whether what somebody has is officially a dementia or is it a preliminary finding of brain change, but not enough yet because they can still live their life the way they're living it. But what if what they've done is restrict their life circumstances repeatedly so that they expect less, they do less, so therefore they demand less of their brain. So in fact, they are doing a whole lot less if we look back three years ago. So they're, but, they're shrinking the circle and you're not even really necessarily seeing them do it. Right, because if you're not using that little bit extra that we have, we call the reserve. So most of us create a day for ourselves that uses what we've got. And only occasionally do we want a day that's going to cause us to have to put it out there 100%, whatever the phrase, I'm going to give you that ugly phrase to the walls. You know, we're just going to, you know, like we're going to give it everything we've got because that's how we live our life. And most people only do that episodically because it takes a lot out of you. And then you have to have recovery time. Well, if you cut back and you stop well short of the wall multiple times, your brain basically says, well, it looks like you don't need much reserve for what you're doing. So tell you what, I'm going to cut back on it a little bit because it doesn't look like there's really any reason for having you do that extra because, you know, you're not going to use it. We'll just get rid of it. We'll cut back. We'll cut back. We'll cut back. And then when you go to use it, guess what you might find out? It ain't there anymore. Wow, what happened to it? Well, I mean, in terms of neurological function, there is a the principle of the human brain, which is use it or lose it, because there's no point in re retaining synapses if you're not ever going to use them. 
So this idea of stimulating the brain, sort of like, um, Greg, have you ever put gas in a in a, a lawnmower or in your motorcycle or in a, any kind of thing and let it sit for two years? Yes, it's it's bad for power saws. Yep. Yeah, what will happen when you try to start the power saw? Well, it's bad gas, sour gas. You take the cap off and smell it and you go, Ugh. so yeah. And it's, it's it, not gonna start. Oh, does it run well? No. No. Is it sort of gummy and goopy? Oh, yeah. And yep. I mean, and do you then have to clean every you have to take it all apart, clean everything, and then and sometimes, you know, is is it worth it taking it all apart? So what's it better to do? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, in theory, if you fire things up once in a while, it sort of helps keep them running through the winter. Hmm. Yeah, and if you're never going to use it, what do you do? Put it in a yard sale. <laughs> you put it in a yard sale or you empty it out. You completely want to drain it, but that's that's not functional for a human being. I mean, because basically we'd be shutting ourselves down, turning everything off and, you know, like only activating whenever we needed to. But essentially, if I, all I do is go on a leisure cruise and all I do is passive TV watching and all I do is sitting around, then when I go to do something, guess what? It I may not be there. able to do it. Yeah. yeah. And so this idea of early diagnosis. So what's my problem with identifying something as an early diagnosis or even whether what I'm experiencing for many people might be disuse atrophy versus a dementia? And yet seeing from the outside, somebody might go, wow, compared to what she used to do, man, she's really lost ground. I think she's probably got dementia versus I haven't used it in ages. Why would it hang out? So this idea of knowing something early. So what do you think I would say about this? Well, uh, good luck with trying to diagnose. I am be one of yeah. the things you'd probably say. Well, if we don't have a baseline on someone, if we don't keep regular tabs on someone, how would we possibly know if what we're seeing is a significant change? Which makes it extremely difficult with today's family when mom's on one coast and I'm on another coast and I yeah. can phone her and she seems normal. We have a great chit chat about all the things we used to do and I hang up and I go, oh, she's doing well. Yeah. And then I show up for a holiday and it's like, holy moly, what the heck is going on here? It's fine. It's all good. I'll get back to everything. I mean, I just, I have things set out. I didn't realize you were coming. And you go, well, we talked about it. Yeah, but we've talked about lots of things. And, you know, there are hints that this may not be normal, but then again, not normal doesn't equal dementia. So have I developed diabetes because of my eating habits and my lack of exercise? Have I gotten a cardiac problem that nobody has picked up on? Is my blood pressure all over the map? I mean, the problem with a lot of this diagnosis stuff is that if you do something out of the blue, it could make somebody look better than they are or worse than they are, depending on who's doing the screening and sort of their expertise and whether or not you're looking at it episodically over time. Now, the value in keeping up with this is it would help me notice that something's shifting and put us on track to see what we could do about it before it gets out of hand. So if I'm starting to slip a little bit and you check and my blood sugars are all over the map, you might say, hmm, 
let's take a look at your diet and your exercise pattern. And let's see if we can do something unless this is okay with you, like going down. It's like, no, I've noticed I'm having trouble. Well, it gives us, it gives us some space to work. But if we just wait until there's a problem, well, okay. we, we don't know. And that early quote unquote early diagnosis might be when it becomes symptomatic of something changing. So here we are with a simple yes, no question. And there is no, there is no simple answer. There is not, because I don't have an answer for everybody. I look at each human being that asks that question. What do you think about an early diagnosis? Well, tell me how old the person is. Tell me what you've done, what their attitude about getting care would be. You know, what else is going on for them? What are their health conditions? Because, you know, there's so many variables. I don't view dementia as the be all and end all of life. I do think it's important to notice if what we're seeing is a changing condition that's going to require flexibility on other people's parts to make this work well, then I think it's worth exploring so I know what options we have. But as far as sticking a label on somebody, I'm, I'm less excited about doing that at any moment in time. Deepa, I, I think we're going to have to put the second part of our question on hold until the new year, but we will get back to how do we work with doctors, social workers, et cetera, through the journey. We promise that we will do that. Yeah. Yeah, Deepa, thank you very much. Thank you, Greg, for the opportunity. You've been listening to the Dementia Care Partners podcast series brought to you by Positive Approach to Care and RAS Mobility.